to what is going on sleeper nation we're back with another weekly episode today we're going to be breaking down the tiers of players of which they respectively go with of course you want to know where they rank on the leaderboards of course that is incredibly important but you also want to know what tier you should be looking at just in case you're not reaching overreaching undervaluing overvalue all that good stuff of course i am natter alongside the number one australian analyst Sheehan. how you doing man i gotta tell you man it's um it's training camp and there's training camp injuries popping up all over the league and and one injury you won't hear reported anywhere but sleeper wire is my own injury i managed to tear my calf playing cricket yesterday so i get to spend the next six weeks on my uh, fat ass getting around with crutches and uh you know doing this so good good times wait how do you tear a calf playing cricket it's like walmart golf I would have thought Walmart baseball was more appropriate. In fact, but baseball is cricket for idiots. But there is a, a deal of running involved and a deal of uh, explosion. And uh, the old calves aren't what they used to be. I don't know about the baseball one. We don't talk about baseball. So for all the people wondering, I'm a big Cubs fan. And they uh, they traded the three best players over the course of the weekend. So it's been kind of – it's been a sad day, sad week for that uh, that's I'll, I'll pull one out for you and you and your cubbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The last one in the World Series 108 years ago. And, uh, I think, I fear it might be another 108 years till they do the same. I was going to say, didn't they win the World Series a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. It was that, but, but before they won that, it was 108 years. So now, well, it's going to be another 108. You'll probably be closer to this than me, but were you online trolling the guy who like caught the foul ball in the crowd? That's all I know about the Cubs. No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't old enough at the time. And I don't think Twitter, Twitter wasn't a thing. Neither was Facebook. Like, if he did that now, it would be different. It would be a different story. Well, this is the thing. I'm just assuming, assuming you're doing it now, like sending him gifts of that happening. Oh, like how you do you sleep a- at night? All that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know, that's actually a really good idea. I think after this episode, I'm going to look him up and then uh, probably do the same. You, you, you'll find it. <laughs> Of course, you. Uh, I, I think you potentially follow me on Twitter, and of course, if uh, anybody wants to see me troll, whoever they want, or you can send me a DM. Just send me a DM, say, "Hey, can you troll this guy for me?" And you know, I'll gladly do it. At of course, top tier tactics underscore as I shamelessly plug myself in the uh, the, the <laughs> podcast. That's all right, man. I think you're performing a, a valuable community service that's certainly not performed by hundreds of people living in their parents' basements. It's it's fair, you know, and uh, it's a burden, and I take it on, and I shoulder that responsibility, and I do it proudly. Trolling, trolling is an art because you have th- there's a fine line, right? There's a fine line between upsetting everybody and and just looking like a jokester, or, or you know, not serious enough. And there's that fine line, and when you find it, it's hilarious. But you know, if you happen to blend and cross in a couple times, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you end up being hashtag cancelled. Well, one of them anyways. There are lots of ways you can end up cancelled and, uh, you know, a lot of them are not very nice. But uh, I think you know, just making bad jokes on the internet, that's that's probably one of the better ways that can happen. Eh, that's fair. But, uh, you know, all bad jokes had... Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. All bad jokes are just bad jokes, even regardless <laughs> of intent. <laughs> but, of course, on today's episode, we got the Between the Lines. This is one of my growing favorite segments, the Words of Wisdom. And then, of course, we're going to start breaking now the tiers and tier-based drafting. Sheehan, help me out here. Yeah, well, we've got... um 
between the lines for those of you who haven't done this or haven't listened to an episode with between the lines before i'm going to read a quote from a coach or a player and this time of the year there's so much hype there is so much double talk so much bullshit i want nada to cut through it to read between the lines hence we get the name and tell you what's really happening what the coaches and the players are really saying when they're giving us these sound bites and clips and we're going to kick off with Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, who said the camp QB battle between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke was still even Steven and there was still no separation. Now, what's he really saying there? Well, he's saying that TV show was pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, hey, if the TV show is anything like this QB competition, looks like they're going to be an elite offense. I was, uh, I was more thinking along the lines of, wow, we went out and got Teddy Bridgewater and he's possibly still no better than Drew Locke. Well, I was going to say that, but I feel like that was too easy of an answer. I had to be optimistic. Well, you start with an easy one. I'll give you a nice low ball, and, right. and then they get harder from here. Whew. All righty. Pause. <laughs> Seahawks QB Russell Wilson said, I think Mr. Unlimited's got to come out and show the world we have something to do. Go Hawks. I don't know who Mr. Unlimited is. Mr. Unlimited is his alter ego, who oh. he claims is like, boring old russ and then there's as he puts it mr unlimited what happened to let russ cook is that the uh the other alter ego does he have a bipolar disorder or a personality disorder sorry well i think russ has had to stop cooking since it was uh his restaurant was features on featured on diners drive-ins and dives so you know i'm not quite sure how to read this one because uh I would like to see him cook a little bit with some unlimited buffet. I like it. But, you know, the Seahawks got to do what Seahawks do best, and that's run the ball effectively. I think the real between the lines here is that Russell Wilson's probably a weird dude. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think he's a weird guy who tries a little bit too hard to be liked. Yeah, he's got a, a big PR team who, when they're not trying to push him as an MVP candidate, are trying to make him seem human. Uh, he's he's in that Zuckerberg class of like robots pretending to be human who who don't quite get it right. So you think he's like a lizard person? I do think he's like a lizard person. I you know maybe this is why people are afraid to let him cook. You know, lizards famously not great cooks. You know, come to think of it, I've never seen a lizard that's pretty good at cooking. We've seen a rat good at cooking. That's true. That's a, a fantastic film. Anyway, speaking of. Uh, People who are, I suppose, are, are possibly good at cooking, or, or some people may consider rats. Pa- Patriots head coach Bill Belichick Ugh. said he and wide receiver Nikhil Harry had a good conversation and have a good relationship. That doesn't matter, but can you get some separation on the goddamn football field? No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, let, let me uh, ask you this. Is there more separation between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke or between Nikhil Harry and the worst coverage back in the league? Oh, God. Wow. Those are pretty both tight races, you know. I'll give I'll give Nikhil Harry the benefit of the doubt here. You know, he, he, he's got to have more separation than even Stevens. <laughs> well, I'm going to uh, channel the great Chris Wessling with the between the lines for this one. I I think that he gone. He gone. Uh, that's he fair. gone. Now, Titan safety Kevin Bayard said. Anthony Ferkser is a top-flight tight end, in my opinion. I went against Delaney in my first couple of years, then Jonu as well. I would definitely put Ferkser right up there. So, you know, when you buy, uh, you finally invest in the stock market, and you buy stock, 
And then the first thing you do is you look up information on why the stock you bought is so amazing. Mm. This is basically exactly what this is. It's just confirmational bias. That's why I included it. You know, we've been on the FERC train right from the uh-huh. beginning. And uh-huh. any any press is good press. Now yes. is the time that if we've bought low, although I believe in him, I think it's getting close to sell time. You know, it's hard to sell a tight end because there just aren't too many. And uh, if you finally get one that's productive, you kind of need to keep it. But, uh, you know, if you can trade him for like a wide receiver two, two or an RB2, I'd go ahead with it. Yeah, well, dead on if someone's going to pay up for a guy who's essentially free. But I think the, the real between the lines here is just that uh, a player is talking up a teammate. And we like to see that. We like to see we like to see love between players at this time of the year. We don't want to see guys punching on. That's fair, unless they're punching each other. In that case, hopefully they film it. True. I Actually, yeah, what are we talking about? I love a good training camp punch on, actually. Yeah, that's fair. They have to get separated. They get sent home. They have to come in. They're like... The media team puts out a video of them shaking hands the next day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we get to talk about it, make some jokes, make some memes about it. Yeah, it, all good, all fun. I always respect and support a good punch on. Yeah, everyone's uh, everyone's a winner. Now, our last one from Between the Lines. Saints quarterback Jameis Winston said, the Saints, defense, well, the Saints defense want you to check it down, check it down, check it down. But I think that's what Drew really perfected over the last three years of his career – just lulling defenses to sleep, then boom, 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 over the head, and there you go, touchdown. Well, I mean, he did a great job at the checkdown part. I don't know about the boom, 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 over the head part. That that was it. This was my takeaway. Like, I realize he's just got his eyes fixed, but did he really – has he watched any Drew Brees from the last three years? The, huh. the boom, 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 boom was sort of 15 yards past the line of scrimmage, if at all. Well, in that case, then he was definitely boom, boom, booming. I mean, the last time the ball for the Saints went more than 30 yards down the field, I think it was Taysom Hill that threw it. Yeah, absolutely. But I do like that he's saying the Saints want you to check it down, check it down, check it down, as though he's just learnt the phrase instead of fuck it, chuck it, which has been his uh, modus operandi for most of his career. Which is definitely the more entertaining phrase. Check it down. I mean, unless you're an Alvin Kamara owner, it's just not that fun. No, absolutely not. And as a Kamara, and I will take all the checkdowns, but I want to see, uh, I want to see 30-30 Jameis come back. I'm, 30, I'm wearing a Jameis jersey tonight from his 30-30 season, so. You know, that's kind of legendary, and I don't think we'll ever see a 30-30 ever again. No. What I want is a 30 for 30 on the 30 and 30. That's inception. I don't think we could do that. <laughs> While we're talking Saints, though, have you been tracking the the QB competition? I think Winston's been running with the first small than Hill at the moment. Are you sort of getting a, a read one way or the other? I think Winston's going to win the job. I think it would be uh, silly to not let them run with Winston in the beginning and let, let, let them see what he has. Because I, I think you know what you have in uh, Taysom Hill, you know, a little runner with some throwing ability. I just don't think it'll last with him. I agree. I think Winston's the the guy for probably 70% of the snaps. We'll see packages with Hill. Um, but, you know, if he's only playing quarterback, you lose that flexibility he offers. And speaking of flexibility, the world's most flexible fantasy football segment. Natter's wise words of wisdom. Remember, everybody, don't let anyone ruin your day. So it is your responsibility to go out, make some stupid decisions, and ruin it yourself. <laughs> I like it, man. That's good wisdom. There you go. That's some good wisdom. Now, 
the rundown here says there's a, a draft night out promo when in fact there isn't a draft night out promo because draft night out is sold out. It's draft night sold out and you can't get into it anymore. Well, you can't get into a draft. I think you can still come along and uh, just hang out with people if you want to part with, with 30 bucks. But, um, you know, you find people have filled it up. But if you are desperate to go, I recommend checking us out on Twitter and uh, we'll see what we can do for you, provided you're willing to uh, to part with your hard-earned. So thank you, everybody, who signed up. And uh, Nat, are you, uh, you heading along to Draft Night Out? I'm really trying to. Uh, I think I got the okay. So now it's just kind of the logistics of getting a plane, getting out there. And, and if anybody actually wants to see me, if nobody wants to see me, you know, I won't go. But, you know, if people actually want me to go, then, of course, I'll be more than happy to go. People keep coming up to me and asking if you're going to be there. So, uh, you know, clearly you're a big draw card. I don't know about that one. Well, you know, I can only, uh, I can only report the news I make up. That's fair. I understand. They don't call so you fake we, news for nothing. That's true. They don't. So should we start talking some tiers and tier breaks and tier based drafting? Yeah, let's do it. So of course we should probably start with the RBs because you know, we like RBs, right? And can you explain to me what tier one is into tier, to tier two? Well, let's talk more generally about tier based drafting. So think of it as the way that the NFL drafts in that. Uh, you're weighing up value of position and player against each other rather than just going down a list of names. And now Urban Meyer talked about this uh, during the off-season, talking about the difference between horizontal recruiting in the NFL processes like the draft, where you are having to weigh up one against the other versus vertical recruiting, which is what colleges do, and just go down a list of names and get the best guys they can. So what it means, ideally, is that you set up tiers that you're not necessarily saying the wide receiver five and the running back five are equivalent because they're not. But what you want to be doing is know where those breaks are, know where people sit, and you can see where that value is. And particularly if your league allows trading, um, you can trade back, stay within the same tier, and collect more value later in your draft. It's basically at this point, if you're not doing it, even if you're not consciously doing it, um, you're really selling yourself short, selling yourself the best chance to win. Um, but what it does involve is taking some time to break down those rankings and working out where those tier breaks are, which is kind of what we want to be talking about tonight. Right, so Nata, who are your S-tier players, if you like, the absolute elite in each of the categories? Let's start with the running backs and have a look at where that breaks off, and and you might want to start looking at uh, the next players down. So who have you got as your S-tier running backs? So just so I, I can be perfectly clear, are we saying like the S-tier or the elite of the elites or am I saying the S tier is the group of players I would take before I would look at a wide receiver? I would say these are the, it's, it's probably both. Let's say it's the absolute elite, elite in each category. Cause we want to look at the, who are the S tiers that you want to, where that first elite tier break is. But I think this is the, the value of tier brace drafting really, as it happens is you do have those elite running backs. And then there's probably a, a wodge of, uh, a-grade running backs, if you like, that are sitting somewhere between that that top tier of receivers. The top tier tactics, that's what we're talking about tonight. There we go. So the first tier and the elite of the elite, ones that I expect minimum 15 fantasy points per game, like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. Those, those four right there, those ones, they could not get a touchdown. I still expect 15 fantasy points out of them, half-point PPR. 
I totally agree. I think the one on the line there in PPR and half PPR is Derek Henry, but he's just so good and he does have a knack of taking, um, taking catches all the way, which, which helps. Uh, but, but I totally agree. I think they're the four absolute elites, but then as we see, you know, the, the A grade running backs are probably the ones who come next. And to me, they're Barkley, Taylor, Chubb. Uh, and I would probably have Zeke in that still as well. But the argument would be is just, well, I suppose if we're talking pure tiers, then, then no, Zeke is not in that elite group because you can have the argument of whether your S tier wide receiver is, is better than Ezekiel Elliott. I think right there, I think once you start looking at wide receivers rather than running backs, I think that's where you get your break right there. I think that's the safe spot. Uh, for, for example, like right now, would you rather have Zeke or, let me go to the wide receivers. I would rather have Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I would I would rather Ty- Tyreek Hill as well. I think that's then, where the break is. Exactly. So if we're then transitioning into talking who are our absolute elite of the elite, elite of the elite wide receivers, is it Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams? Is there anyone else in that group? I have to put Stefan Diggs in that tier. I think uh, after last year's performance, I think he deserves it. I think that's fair. I'm not a... I'm not a big Diggs guy. Um, he had an excellent season. It was, I'm struggling to see him back it up again this year. Hopefully he does. Hopefully for everyone who drafts him early, I'd rather miss on that take than take the risk and just get a, you know, a middling season when you're expecting that top tier production. But this is, again, this is the beauty of the tiers is, you know, I'll have him a little bit lower and, and might reach on a, reach on another player. That is 100% fair. So uh, that's the unfortunate thing about wide receivers is there's not too many tiers of elite, elite. Michael, like Michael Thomas, he was there last year. I don't think anybody expected him to fall down this far from grace just like that. But, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's typically, I, I would expect that to happen to one more. I think maybe Stefan Diggs might be that one fall. Yep. I mean, that's, he's a, as good a chance of anyone of being the, a top three wide receiver, and that's what we're looking for here. And if we we then roll into that next batch of wide receivers, is it Metcalf, Hopkins, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, or is there another break within that to your mind? Sorry, can you repeat the names one more time? So the name Metcalf, Hopkins, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley. Okay. I would put in that tier... Ooh, I don't think Alan Ro- I want to put Alan Robinson in that tier. I just don't think he deserves. I don't think he's consistent enough and reliable enough to put it in there. I wanted to also put Keenan Allen in there, but that's tough. I think I'm gonna have to leave him out. Yep. And do you have Ridley jumping up to the to that tier, or do you have him possibly jumping back down to the let's say the the volume hog tier? which I suppose you would have Hopkins in by and in large, but let's say Calvin Ridley, uh, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, and Allen Robinson as those guys who are going to get bulk targets in their offense. Bulk targets is always a nice thing because you get consistent fantasy points, but I don't know if it's enough to put him in somebody like an elite position. I think the tier twos, the, the tier A's, you know, as some people might call them, I think that's a safe spot to keep him in. Yep. I think that's fair. And now something that is really getting on my nerves this year is who are the elite tight ends? 
And this is, again, where tier-based drafting is going to come in handy. You don't want to be reaching on a, you know, reaching on a tight end when you can wait on one. Is it, is it the big three? Is it the big four when it comes to uh, tight ends this year? Kelsey, Kittle, Darren Waller, and Mark Andrews. Those are the ones I'd put in the elite, elite category. But I mean, of course, there's still some separation between the four. I mean, it's right now it's Travis Kelsey. I think he's in his own grade of complete S tier. Like, there's, there, those four are in the S tier. Travis Kelsey is S plus. Yeah. And then, and then of course, you know, Mark Andrews, he might be like an S minus with George Kittle and then Derek Waller. He's just a, Darren Waller, sorry. He's just a plain S. Yeah. I think that's about right. There is definitely some separation there. Um, I think you could, if you wanted to get really fancy, maybe Kelsey is in a league of one as the true elite and then the rest are A's. Yeah, that um, might be a, a fair assessment, kind of depending on your grading curve. Yeah, and I suppose that's, you know, if we're looking at that as the ranking, not that it's definitive by any means, but to me that's going to stop people from overdrafting the the B and C tier tight ends, guys like uh, Hawkinson or um, Kyle Pitts or Noah Fant too early because you're bracketing them as top tight ends. It, I, I will not be taking Kyle Pitts in any league, especially a redraft league. I will not be taking Kyle Pitts. He, he's just so hyped. He's just so set up for failure. And, uh, I mean, I, I, th- there's no production Kyle Pitts can put up that will leave owners satisfied. I think he's going to be a bust uh, regardless of his production. I agree. I agree. I'm sure we'll see an excellent season from him. I don't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is tight ends never produce rookie year. I mean, of course, they might have one good game and then, you know, everybody will ride the hype train and then they disappoint the next week. And then, you know, it becomes an on and off hype train for tight ends, which, I mean, is the nature of the position. But rookies, especially in the tight end position, they just never produce. Exactly. And where he's going at the moment, would you rather Pitts or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. Pitts or Chris Godwin? Godwin. Pitts or Cooper Cup? Cup, always. Yeah, see, so, you know, in fact, at what point are you looking at Kyle Pitts in your mind? Is it around Odell Beckham, Juju? Is it later than that? Around there, yeah. After that point, you know, the potential of what he could be overrides the draft capital you're giving up. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think he's probably going to play as a wide receiver more than a tight end this year anyway. Uh, I mean, I could see it, but I think also the new regime in Atlanta, they, they might want to establish the run and go into tighter formations. True. I think he still splits out a bit more, particularly with no one else there other than Russell Gage. They've got Hayden Hurst, who's a very good inline blocker. Uh, that is also completely true. They might try, you know, be that undercover Patriots with dual tight ends that nobody really talks about. Yeah. Yep. That works for me. And, you know, we've seen what uh, Arthur Smith has done in, in Tennessee, as you say, establishing the run. Um, and they've clearly loaded up at tight end, if you like. We'll see a bit of that. Now, who are our S tier quarterbacks? You know, this list could be kind of wide or short, depending on format. But, of course, you're going to have to go Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Those are the S-tiers. Dak Prescott, he's very close. He's an honorable mention. I just couldn't put it. I, I couldn't get myself to do it. I also couldn't get myself to put Russell Wilson on there just because of the rushing yards. You know, they, they don't have the rushing yards to put yourself in the elite category. 
so Wilson, Dak, Rogers is the next tier down for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll put Ryan Tannehill in that tier. I mean, his his yep. ADP won't represent that, but Ryan Tannehill, he deserves that. Well, that's the beauty of it. That's the, you know, you're doing your own rankings rather than just looking at what pops up on Sleeper or whatever app you're drafting on is, you know, if you understand where you have your players ranked, then you can wait on Tannehill because you know he's going to come back to you two rounds later instead of, let's say, reaching on uh, Justin Herbert, who I don't think is in that same tier, but is certainly going around that mark. Yeah, the quarterbacks and tight ends are like the same thing. If you do not get an elite one, you don't take one until the end. And I know it's so fashionable to wait on quarterbacks these days. You know, JJ Zacharyson has made a career out of it. He's the late round quarterback. But, hmm. um, you know, is, I think there is an argument to get an absolute elite quarterback, even in one quarterback leagues this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be realistic. Kyler Murray, his floor, his floor is 80 yards, 150 yards passing and a touchdown. That's his floor. That's 20 fantasy points. That's a bad game. Get some 20 mm. fantasy points. And he, I mean, he, he's had games, especially I believe it was against the Patriots where he was shut down all game, having a horrible game. And then all of a sudden he gets one rushing touchdown and boom, his fantasy stat line is over 20 points. In meanwhile, I mean, he played terrible. They lost that game, but his fantasy stat line is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's no pictures on the, um, on the fantasy stat line. The points all count the same, no matter how ugly they are. And, I, I think this is where we're talking about, you know, getting an early quarterback is you're looking at the draft board. Would your team look better with Chris Carson or David Montgomery as, let's say, RB3 or with Kyler Murray as your QB1? Kyler Murray is your QB1. I mean, as much as I like Chris Carson and I think people should be going out to grab him, uh, Kyler Murray is kind of nice. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Jackson's in that tier as well. Murray, I think, a bit more passing upside, uh, but Jackson probably has him. They're, they're at least equal runners, I suppose. I would give Lamar a little bit more on the running part, mostly because Kyler Murray, he has better weapons. I mean, he, he's got uh, A.J. Green, of course, Hopkins, uh, you know, Captain Kirk. They're all, I mean, other than Hopkins, I would say they're kind of more mid-tier wide receivers. But, I mean, a mid-tier wide receiver is the best thing Lamar Jackson has. Yeah, your, uh, your mate Rashad Bateman. Oh boy. You know, I, I'm actually kind of starting to turn around a little bit on a shot Bateman. You know, that, that, that might be a little bit of a hotter take for, of course, for a discussion for another time. But Rashad Bateman, he's, he's kind of creeping up on me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, getting some nice, nice camp hype. I saw him taking some good grabs as seemingly everyone is. I saw a fantastic picture of Quintez Cephas, uh, taking a, a catch at his full extension with one hand. So he'll be shooting up draft boards, no doubt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's nothing crazier than OTA and training camp hype. That is always fun. I love it. I love it. It's a good time to start uh, publishing that in your leagues to try and drive the value of your players up or potentially others down. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, this is how we do it. Put you know, drop highlight gifts into your group chats. And really show off what these guys that you're trying to get rid of are doing. There's a bit of salesmanship involved in this. You can't just put a player up on the trade block. You got to be like, "Wow, did you see that catch that he made?" Do a bit gotta of work. Like got to be a car salesman. Well, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Got to slap the roof of that bad boy. You know, <laughs> give him a little double tap. So, man, look at the catches this baby can make. Put it in H. All right, all right. So what? Other, so we went down the list of the tiers, uh, the elite tiers. What else do you got for me? 
Well, I was going to ask you, who is who is the latest RB1 you can draft? The latest RB1. So, so let me, let me lay out a scenario and then let me see if this is what you're talking about. Um, pick like pick number seven and let me count to seven. So Chris McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor got taken. Is that six? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So I'm on the board and Zeke, Saquon, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon are, are, are available. Would I rather take one of those over a wide receiver? I mean, you can answer that question. It's not what I was asking, but it's an interesting oh, okay. question. Okay. I, I tried to exemplarize your question. Maybe I failed a little bit. No, I, I like it. I like where you, I like where you're going with it. Would you, who would you rather there? Buckley, Jones, uh, Mixon, Zeke. I'm going to throw in a guy I really like this year, Austin Eckler. I really like Austin Eckler, but man, it would be a hell of a reach to take him. Uh, in the first round, especially the seventh pick, you know, you might be able to snag him in the second round on the turnaround. I think that would be a much fairer expectation. Yeah. I, um, if I'm at the back end of a first round pick, I'm hope, or back end of a first round, I'm hoping, uh, Eckler comes back to me. I've got such high hopes for him. I think that offense is lacking a second pass catcher. It could well be Eckler. Uh, their OC, whose name escapes me, basically loves throwing to his running back when he was the well, one of the coordinators in New Orleans. I think it's all set up for Austin Eckler to have a massive season. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I think I would take Tyreek. Ah, uh, ah. I like Aaron Jones. I would know Jamal Williams. I feel like he can get a lot of receiving potential and a lot of red zone work. Yeah, I think I would take Aaron Jones over, over Zeke though. You know, you, you, you give me a very difficult example that you're able to conjure up in your mind. I don't think you go wrong. I think, I think at this point, there's no wrong answer. We were sort of talking about this in our, our mock draft show. It's easy to draft well early. Like you might, let's say you draft Ezekiel Elliott at seventh overall and he finishes the ninth running back. You can't be unhappy with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I will you, tell you one thing. I am not mm. taking Saquon Barkley. You can eliminate Saquon Barkley from this list. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be an easy, uh, an interesting one. I think he's going to be highly drafted by the casual fans. Um, but there's a lot of people who seem all out on Saquon, which he's a guy that I would be interested in taking at the back end of the first. I'm not a massive fan of his, but he seems to represent good value if he's on the board at the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th pick in a draft. Yeah, but he's coming off an ACL. Don't really know how it looks. Don't know how that offense looks, the offensive line looks, how the quarterback looks, how the wide receivers are going to. There's so many question marks on that offense and including in Saquon. It's the first round. You got to get proven potential and consistent running back play from your players. You know, it's hard to take swingers in the first round. Yeah. I mean, Unless we're drafting John Favreau movies. Um, <laughs> but McCaffrey's coming off a torn ACL. There's question marks at quarterback there, and they have what PFF graded as the worst line in the league. If you're concerned about Saquon, I think it's fair to be concerned about McCaffrey as well. I know we've seen the elite production from McCaffrey, but those, those are the same alarm bells. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the problem with Christian McCaffrey is this is one of the first times in his NFL career 
through, you know, through elementary school, through high school, college, the NFL, that he's missed games. I think, I think he's missed one game in his whole career before last year. So there's consistency and like proven, there's, there's proven facts that he's not injury prone, which is why I think a lot of people will overlook his injury last year. I mean, with Dalvin Cook, like we always make fun of him and roast him for, he looks like he, he tore his ACL every single time he gets tackled. Derrick Henry, unfortunately, he's just not a pass catcher enough to warrant the number one overall pick. Alvin Kamara, a little bit questionable offense going in. He can't be the number one pick. So I, I, I think by default, Chris McCaffrey has to be it. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, we've, we've done the, Cook versus McCaffrey, but I think it's a fair, it's a fair discussion to have. Um, what I was really asking with my question is who, well, again, who is the latest RB1 you can draft? Is it Daryl Henderson? Is it, um, Michael Carter? Who is the latest player that you can draft who could conceivably be a running back one from a, a later tier? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'd put him in about the the second, the back end of the second to to early third tier, just because of his PPR value. I think uh, he's always going to have a consistent floor. Yep. Yeah, I think that's um he's a he's a pretty good pick. He's going twenty, basically twenty seventh, twenty eighth overall. So he's top of the third round. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's an interesting pick. I would say maybe. David Montgomery, if he gets workload, but he was uh, yeah. really good down the stretch. Like J.K. Dobbins is a little bit touchdown or dependent. It's hard to consider yeah. that to be to, to be RB one. Chris Carson, a little bit quite. I I don't mind that, but he has a difficult schedule, and I think I might Lorraine Clyde a little bit on the backer end. And Chris Carson, they're about even on the list. Uh, the name I'll give you as the dart throw for the latest running back one, and there would okay. potentially need to be injury or external factor for this to happen, is Javonte Williams from the Denver Broncos. Currently the RB26 going 66th overall. I think if he can win that backfield, uh, I can see him finishing as a, a, bo- a bottom end, you know, RB10 through 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that, does that really count? It's kind of like a dart throw, waiting for an injury, waiting for him to win that job, and assuming Melvin Gordon somehow completely loses that job. Well, I suppose this is the discussion, isn't it? Is it who That's who is a- the l- latest potential RB one you can draft, rather than oh, who who okay. is the latest likely RB one you can draft? Okay, um, you know what? I'll throw another name. I think uh, Raheem Moore, uh, Raheem Mostert. Yep. I think he's also on that list of latest RB1. Mike Davis also, he could be potentially on that list. I prefer most it to Davis. Um, yes, I will agree with that one also. But I, I also, think yeah, go ahead. If, if he can play 16, 17 games, then I think most it is potentially an RB1. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, he might also be on that list. A zero RB list. We're making a fine zero RB list right now. We are making a fine zero RB list. We need to save our, keep our powder dry for next week when we are going to be talking zero RB. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. with, with that in mind, notes. yeah, <laughs> with that in mind, I'll, same, same question. Who is the latest RB2 you could potentially draft? Realistic. I'll, I'll first I'll answer the most realistic one. And yep. then I think, I think I'll go, uh, Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's plenty of guys who've been RB2 are going after him as far as I'm concerned. <sighs> Give me a couple of names. 
Well, the swing for the fences pick is Matt Breeder. Okay, I can go on, with that. on Buffalo. He's, I think he's probably the best running back in that backfield. If he can fa- stay fit, I think there's potential for him to have an excellent season. He catches passes. He runs the ball well. Um, I think think that could be excellent. Uh, Naheem Hines potentially. He's going much earlier. Could be a bottom end RB two. Lots of targets. Particularly if Carson Wentz doesn't play a lot this year, it doesn't look like he's going to. Um, I could see him catching a lot of passes and and doing some work in PPR leagues to end up a bottom tier RB two. Okay, Melvin Gordon. I think yeah, it's safe to consider him right now in RB two. Damian Harris. Uh, Damien Harris. Yeah, that's fair. I was just looking at him and I was, I was kind of debating that. Harris Tra- is uh, 114th overall in the RB40. I think if you are picking someone in that range and you're getting a, a bottom tier RB2, that's a, it's a startable running back each week. That's a pretty good value. Yeah, that's, that is, of course, pretty good value. But of course, uh, certain car- criteria have to pan out. In order for that to happen, you know, when I answered your question, I was thinking right now, set in stone, best pay, best case possible RB2. Yep. Yeah. I think if we're not projecting injury or something like that, then it is, or, or that someone's going to fall over and, and this person's going to have a workload that we're not expecting. I think it is a guy like, um, a guy like Harris or, um, David Johnson, maybe. He's there, David Johnson. Um, Daryl Henderson, I think uh, I'll put him in a solid RB2 status. I don't know if he's the latest one. It kind of, it, it'll vary from draft to draft depending on uh, who is willing to risk it. This won't surprise you at all. He's being hideously overdrafted. Oof. Okay. Uh, Mike Davis, he, he, he seems to be going solidly in the RB2 status. Uh, but he, he has a lot of upside, which is why I kind of wanted to take him off of this list because, uh, I feel like that was too easy of an answer. Yep. Yeah. Ronald I think he's, Jones. he's probably a locked and loaded. Oh, sorry. This is Mike Davis locked and loaded RB two If he, if he plays. Yeah. I think, uh, that's completely fair, which is why I kind of didn't want to answer him. Yeah. Uh, James Connor. I think, uh, he, he's solid RB two. Yep. Yep. I think, you know, these are the guys who are, Essentially, we're looking for names who are being drafted outside that top twenty-four who might finish within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think I'm in agreement with you right there. Yeah, Connor. I think it'll be either Connor or Edmonds will be an RB two. I'm not sure which one. I think either one. I think as it stands right now, both of them are RB twos, and I think even throughout the season, both of them could be RB twos to flexes. I'd, I'd probably be more realistic and call them flexes. Yep. At this point. Uh, but they'll both have some standalone value. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. I, we, we've talked before Edmonds in point per reception leagues, but uh, I'll see Connor getting a lot of touchdowns. The, the offense will move the ball down the field. If, uh, you know, if, if what's his face, Kyler Murray is not rushing it in or passing it into Hopkins, then, uh, uh, I see James Connor being the only beneficiary of touchdowns. Yep. Yep. I agree. Now, same question, but wide receivers. So who's the, let's, let's make it a bit more defined. Outside of the top 12 receivers, who is the most likely to finish as a wide receiver one, uh, in terms of how late you can get that player? Okay. Um, how late? Late. Now I'm kind of scrolling down on my rankings list. Wide receiver one. So I'll put Cooper Cup on that list. Yep. I'll put wide receiver 17. T. Higgins, potentially on there. 
the wide receiver 30. Oof, that's a steep drop off. Oh, uh, I don't want to name any rookies. I, I think, uh, I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Antonio Brown, uh, it's a stretch to call him a potential wide receiver one. I think, uh, I think my list ends with T Higgins. It's so hard to project Brown with the other names that are there as good as he will be. He'll have weeks where he's a top five wide receiver. I have no doubt, but so will Evan. So will Goblin. Uh huh. Julio Jones also potentially on that list. I'll give you two names. Go ahead. Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, okay. I can get with that. I can get with Odell a little bit more than Juju. Yeah, I think so. He's, you know, he's had those blow-up weeks in the past. I mean, Juju has too, but this is Odell Beckham we're talking about. Bit of a better offense too, but we're talking about the wide receiver 28, the wide receiver 30 here. Uh, The wide receiver 29, sorry, as potential wide receiver ones. That's, to me, excellent value. So we're close on the list. So T. Higgins, you said wide receiver 30. Okay, it's so we're mark. kind of going back. Yeah, that's fair. I could get with that. So we're lo- we're looking at the mid sixth round there. Are, are we still considering the one through thirty must start players? I suppose so. This must start like you know he could be you know let's be safe and call OBJ a wide receiver too. He's still a must start, right? I think so. I think if he's if he's fit, he's in your lineup, and that's how you define it. Is you know, that, that's, that's your must start. And I think there are guys that are in the top 36, let's say, like Debo Samuel, who I think there's an argument for if he's fit, maybe he, do, you don't start him whatever week if there's a, a plus running matchup or something for San Francisco. But I think if Beckham's fit, he's there. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's why I always thought rankings were a little bit funny and odd. Cause some people throw a fit if their wide receiver is 15th or 16th other than 12th or 10th. And then, you know, Meanwhile, I'm looking at the list and still going, okay, well, he still must start. Not like it really yeah. matters. And, you know, I, I had this discussion with uh, one of our writers recently about starts and sits. Is there's no point telling people to start Lamar Jackson or to sit, um, I don't know, let's say... Corey Davis, that's fair, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Corey Davis. Well, Davis is probably a bad example because he's a guy who would you, you might see in that start sit. But, you know, you're not telling people to start the player's that are in the lineup. It's, we're talking Nikhil flexes. Harry. It's, yeah, N- okay. yeah, Nikhil Harry. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's looking at those fringe guys. And that's essentially what we're doing here is, you know, who are those fringe guys? Yeah. Um, same question as before, but we wide receiver two. Latest wide receiver two. This is where the fun begins. I like this one. So John Brown, I think this is, might be a phenomenal wide receiver two that people are going to be able to sneak up on and, uh, come away with a, a solid starter. I think he's undrafted at the moment. Oh, I'll be scooping him up. I'll probably reach a little bit for him actually in a, in, in a couple of leagues, especially redraft. I like John Brown a lot. In fact, John Brown is going later than the Cleveland Browns defense. God. Okay. Uh, so he's the wide receiver 75 at the moment. He's undrafted. That's interesting. Cause, cause there's a lot of potential in the Raiders offense considering Derek Carr historically has always supported two wide receivers and now with uh nelson aguilar who was the last year's other supported receiver gone and now it's it's daryl willie uh daryl waller sorry and another wide receiver that is going to be supported i think it's going to be john brown uh same logic but henry ruggs for me you know as somebody who's taken henry ruggs's dynasty there's just nothing that i see i mean john brown and henry ruggs have the same qualities they're a little, a little bit more intermediate to deep threats 
are able to get separation on, on D balls. Uh, but you know, if, if the Raiders thought Henry Ruggs is that guy, then they wouldn't have signed John Brown. True. I think Ruggs is going to do, um, a lot more work closer to the line of scrimmage this year. He's obviously got the speed to blow off the top, but I think we're going to see him on those slants, get the ball in his hands and, and watch him make a play. Uh, he's a guy I am going to be targeting late in my draft because I like his upside. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you don't draft a rookie, the first wide receiver in, uh, last year's draft for him to, uh, do nothing. At least, uh, that's what I would expect. Exactly. And I think, if we're talking about these latest wide receiver twos you can get, they are names around this mark. Henry Ruggs is the 53rd. I quite like Mike Williams, the wide receiver 49. Okay, I can go with that. Sterling Shepard, how about that? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's got too much competition ahead of him with Golladay, Barkley, I suspect Evan Ingram. I'm looking Danny down Dimes. the list. Yeah, Danny, I'm looking down the list. Russell Gage, I think he's close to that mark. He might be, be he might be hype overdrafted right now. Marvin Jones, uh, Russell Gage, sorry. Oh, Gage, yeah, I th- he might be a tad overdrafted. I think he's a nice little. He's a guy if you're picking at the end. I I would rather draft for ceiling than floor, and he feels like a floor play. Floor play, okay. I think so, That's... and you know I don't like floor play. Get straight Elijah, to it, Elijah Moore. Um, not in that offense, I don't think. No, no, uh. Ma- Marvin Jones, I think, at wide receiver 59. He's got wide receiver two potential with Trevor Lawrence. That's fair. Yeah, I, I can go with that. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, going around that mark as well. I, his will be a volume. His will be a volume issue. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be their best receiver, but is he above Hawkinson? Is he above Swift? I'm not sure. Um, just looking through this list. Michael yeah. Pittman was interesting. Now I feel like he can't do that anymore in Wasn't Indianapolis. He? Antonio Brown also super interesting. I think uh wide receiver too. I think that's safe for Antonio Brown. Yes, I think so as well. Um uh, what about Jacoby Myers with Mac Jones? Now we're now we're really uh talking shit. Um, I, I was thinking about that one. I honestly like I was I, you know b- before we started on the episode, I was thinking about a lot of the the Patriots wide receivers and what I thought of them. I'm on the Nelson, I mean, well, I, I say I'm on the Nelson Aguilar train, but I think it was a couple of days ago where he was catching it like a 60 yard bomb and then it hit him straight in the hands and he, he dropped it just like the other babies that he's dropped. And <laughs> I, I like Nelson Aguilar a lot. He just keeps dropping them. I saw that update and thought of you immediately. I thought this is going to be coming up on the show somehow. Uh huh. Uh huh. There we go. I always find a way to drop a, a baby dropper on the show. No, that's, that's the issue with Aguilar. And, like, Jacoby Myers isn't exactly, you know, Mr. S- uh, Mr. Shorehands either. He's, um, he's had issues in the past, but I, I'm staying away from everyone on the Patriots this year. Uh, moving back up the draft board, if we're still talking wide receiver twos and guys who are probably a little bit more potentially projectable as, as bottom end wide receiver twos, Jarvis Landry. Okay. I think wide receiver 40. Michael uh, Thomas. Well, it depends how much he's going to play. See, now I think that's going to be an interesting topic to discuss. And I think it'll be a much more heated topic to discuss. I think closer to draft time on when are you comfortable to draft Michael Thomas? Yeah. Let's park that for a, uh, a future episode, but I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? In the mock draft episode, I think it went the sixth, seventh round. I think if you can 
once you've got your starters in place, I think Thomas is the first. But between your starters and your flex, maybe that's a a good time to get Michael Thomas. That's fair. I can go with that. Now, Michael Gallup, I think uh, I'll put him also in the wide receiver two range. Love Michael Gallup, one of my absolute favorites this year, and a guy I'm trying to buy everywhere. Um, I did have a name. Oh, Will Fuller, the wide receiver 41. I thought about it, uh, but you have to be a believer in that offense. I'm just not in that zone right now. There's going to be someone catching the ball. I don't want Jalen Wadley. He's going far too early. No, Will Fuller, I think, is missing the first two games, I believe. I think it due might to, just uh, be the first one. Let's do another fun Google search. I love it. Will Fuller suspension. There we go. Auto-filled for me. So <laughs> how he will be eligible to return for week two in 2021. So I think uh, what that means is, yeah, he will be missing the uh, the first week and then he'll be eligible to return. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll be returning week two. Yep. So if we, we flip this discussion on its head... Who is in these top tiers? Let's, let's start with running backs. Who in this, let's say in the, the top 12 is to you least likely or in, in the top RB tiers least likely to be a, a RB1 injury notwithstanding? Jonathan Taylor. I'm putting him on there because if they lack wide receiver talent, which I mean, it's questionable right now, they lack quarterback play, which is questionable right now, then They'll either be down a lot of games, forcing uh, him to, of course, not have his rushing value. Even when they do rush, they might be stacking the blocks, forcing him to uh, just be ineffective. I agree. I think he's most likely to shit the bed for your team this year. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon, they're both guys that I uh, would rather not have. Who would you rather have? I'd rather have Barkley Zeke or Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Oh, sorry, sorry, Barkley or Taylor. Which would you rather on your team? Barkley has more potential. He's more upside. So, yes, I would probably take Barkley. But I still wouldn't like it. I would rather take Zeke over both of them. Yep. I'd rather take Nick Chubb than both of them. Yep. Um, I'd probably still take Aaron Jones over both of them. Yep. That yep. one is a little bit of a tougher pill to swallow. But I think for my sanity, I would have to do it. Yeah, I don't think this is the, I don't think Jonathan Taylor, I don't think this is his backfield in the same way some of these other guys, it is their backfield. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones with the, the loss of Williams, I think that he gains a little bit more pass potential. He might lose a little bit of the first downs to, of course, AJ Dillon and may, maybe even get leads to touchdown or two. But uh, yeah. I think this is definitely still Aaron Jones's backfield where he plays 65-70% of the snaps. Yep. And we know Rogers loves his guys and and Jones is a Rogers guy. Mm-hmm. There we go. Of course, and I think with all the uh, the issues going on with Rogers, if Rogers says, I like this guy, then, uh, th- then that guy's going to stay. Yeah. Well, ideally, he certainly came out in the press and said, uh, basically, that's how he would like to see it going and perhaps they need to listen to him a bit more. Um. Well. We, we could do the same with, with, I guess, the top 24 running backs. I'm not sure there's any particularly interesting names there that might not be. Miles Sanders is maybe one I'd, I'd counsel. Where's, uh, uh where's Kareem Hunt going? What's his list? Kareem Hunt is the RB 23 going 55th overall. Okay. So he's not, he's not quite in that 24 range. Well, he, he is. He's 23rd. 23rd. 
Uh, I mean, of course, the, so you're asking the least one to succeed in the, the, the 24? Yeah, this is the, the opposite of high school, the least likely to succeed. <laughs> That's rough. Okay, uh, let's see. Josh Jacobs is a clear standout, in my opinion. Yep, Daryl Henderson, for me, RB21. That could go anywhere. He, he, he could be in the top 10 next year. He could be in the undrafted next year. He is just a massive question mark. He's still injured. He's still injured. Yes. 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 He is still injured, but, uh, I mean, somebody's got to run the ball in that run heavy offense. Jake Funk, put it on the board. That's a, that's a take and a half right there. And I love it. Um, so well, yeah, well, let, let's go through the natural progression here. Same question, wide receivers. Same question, wide receivers. Is the 20, so the first 12 now, least likely succeed. Yep. Oof. You can I know, take Michael Thomas out of that. Michael Thomas out of that? Okay. Yeah. CD Lamb. He's not in the top 12, funnily enough. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, try, I tried going for a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. In fact, he's only barely in the top 24. Oh, really? Okay. He's a guy that I think could be a wide receiver one. He could be. The, the problem is, is there's, there's three other pass catchers. There are. Three other pass catchers, and I think Zeke will get his. I think he, he rejuvenates a little bit. Yep. Okay, but uh I'll go I'll go Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think um there's enough question marks in that offense for me to worry about his production. I and, I'm and not the biggest not, McLaurin guy as it is. Well the the problem with me is one, he sounds like a Starbucks drink. Uh two, I think this is more of a statement on the guys that are in the top twelve rather than McLaurin. I think everybody else is elite and established, like, you know, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Metcalf, Hopkins, Ridley, Allen Robinson. I think I think guys like those, they're established in the top ten to the point where McLaurin's just kind of the odd man out. This isn't disrespecting McLaurin's talent. I just think the other guys are better. This could be slightly sacrilegious, but if we're talking Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins got his problems with the Rona. And if he misses games, their quarterback play could be pretty shoddy. Yes. But there's also a couple months till the season actually starts. I'm not too worried about that. No. No, but it's it's something worth monitoring. I was going to ask you the same question about Jackson, but totally forgot. Um, and then I guess the same question with the, the wide receivers. I, there's one name that jumps out to me, and that's Jamar Chase. Rookie receiver. He's currently the wide receiver 20. I could see him not being a, a top 24 receiver this year. You know, you have to have balls of steel taking a, wide, a rookie wide receiver early in a redraft league. Man, I, I never recommend it. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, me too. I think it's a terrible idea. I like Jamar Chase. I think he's an amazing player. I've got such high hopes for him, but I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't want him either. Uh, let's see. I'll put, where's Brandon Ayuk going? Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver 27. 27. Okay. So I can't pick him just yet. Adam Thielen. How about him? Uh, Adam Thielen, the wide receiver 21. I think that, that works nicely. Chase Thielen and Lamb are, are 20, 21, 22. I'd love Lamb out of that. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is 18. 18. I think I'd put him as least likely to succeed in the top 24. I think that could go either way. With, what about Julio? Um, Julio is RB, uh, wide receiver 13. Ooh. Okay. I, I don't think he'll, Julio's out of the top 24. I don't think he's in the 13. No, I think he's that, um, 
18 to 24 range as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's uh, right over there. I mean, I love the potential and I like the offense. And I think that offense is going to be an elite one to be reckoned with, but uh, I don't think Julio's going to see the type of numbers. Actually, I mean, I do. It's just the touchdowns that aren't going to be there. And I don't think they're going to pass enough to, uh, to compensate for the volume. That's it. That's it, isn't it? Um, he's never been a big touchdown guy and exactly, you know, both, uh, Henry and AJ Brown are going to be getting theirs and the FERC, of course. Oh, of course the FERC's going to get his. Exactly. You know, he, you could understand the lack of touchdowns because he never got the touchdowns. He is always a yards and receptions type of guy, but if that's going to go down, then there's a massive drop off in value. So question without notice here. Okay, I like it. I'll, I'll read. I'll read out the top twelve wide receivers for you, and give me who who you think are going to be in there. So we'll we'll lock in. Let's say Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Diggs, Metcalf, Hopkins. Oh, we should say stop me if there's anyone here who you don't think is going to be a, a wide receiver one at the end of the season. Uh, Diggs, Metcalf, Hopkins, AJ Brown, just Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, and Julio Jones. Now, I've left out Michael Thomas there and brought up mm-hmm. Julio. So, do you think Julio is the only one of those who drops out and McLaurin? And who, yeah. who comes up to you? Uh, Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen's in the top 12. You have him in there, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the wide receiver 10 at the moment. The wide receiver um, 9 with Thomas. Mike, Mike Evans. And you said Allen Robinson or you did not say Allen Robinson? I said Alan Robinson's in there. Mike Evans is not. So Mike Evans, yeah. You're replacing McLaurin and Jones with Evans and Evans and ooh, that's where we get the fun part. Is who would I replace <sighs> McLaurin? So I think I might have to keep McLaurin in there. Hmm. I would say ooh. Cooper Cup. I want to put Cooper Cup in also. I in really fact, do. I tell you, I want to put CD Lamb in there. Oh, uh, I'm hesitant on that one. That one. I'm hesitant. It it depends how the Cowboys come out. If they come out, you know, scoring 50 points a game like they were last week, last year, then, then, you know, the argument can be made, but I think they might have to slow it down, run the ball a little bit more to make sure, uh, Dak is actually healthy. Yeah. I was going to say it's hinging on uh, Dak's shoulder, isn't it? I'd love to see him come out and sling it 45 to 50 times a game and, you know, put up 40 to 50 points a game. Because um, I don't think they have the defense to stop anyone. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Amari Cooper, no, he's just not quite there. Julio, no, he's not quite up there. Robert Woods, I want to do it. I want to put Robert Woods in the top 12. Yep. But is he better than McLaurin? Uh, you know, honestly, he's probably more consistent than McLaurin. I think he's more consistent than McLaurin as well. I think he's got mm-hmm. higher touchdown upside too. Exactly. Okay. You know what? I, I'm convinced. You convinced me. I got my confirmation bias that I also love. <laughs> and, uh, let's put Robert Woods up there. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and let, let's do the same for running backs then. We've, we've talked about the tops, top eight. So we're really talking Jones, Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. Who drops out of that to you? Okay. So. Jones, Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, yep, Najee Harris, yep. Out of Austin those three, Eckler. who dropped Austin Eckler? Okay, so I'm keeping Austin Eckler in. Yep, I'm taking, I'm taking Najee Harris out. Yep, I would possibly drop Joe Mixon out as well. Yeah, the the the, 
things are looking up for Joe Mixon. You know, he's got a quarterback coming back. He's got some wide receivers on the outside. Teams can't stack the box. They, they, they made some investment to the offensive line and they're finally getting that first round draft pick that they drafted, I think it was two years ago back. Yep. You know, the, the Cincinnati is on the up and up. I like to see, I, li- I like it. I'm, I'm willing to invest in Joe Mixon. I think he's slightly too, slightly too expensive at this point. If he was, let's say in this range with the Gibson Swift Edwards Alaire, sign me up for Joe Mixon. I think he's just a touch too from what you might get from him. So for me, Mixon and Harris drop out and it's, um, Swift and Edwards Alaire who come up as ones for me. Okay. I would like to put, uh, Carson in that list. Carson and, or did you only drop out Harris? Yeah, I'm only dropping on Najee Harris. I think, uh, schedule is going to be very tough for Harris. Yep. I think, uh, you know, the lack of question, the question marks at quarterback play might be a little bit enough for teams to kind of want to stop the run first and then force Roethlisberger a little bit. But he, they got a lot of studs on the wide receiver side, so it might be tough to stack the box. But I'm, I, I would much rather have Chris Carson over Najee Harris. Fair. Fair. He's certainly a lot cheaper. Certainly a lot cheaper. Uh, a little bit more injury prone though. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give him that, but. Yeah, you need, um, you're gonna need some depth if you're going for Carson. Yeah, yes, exactly. Now, last question, and this is not, this is more of an ADP question than a tier break question. Okay. Is there anyone who is being egregiously overdrafted for you? The easy answer is Daryl Henderson. That's the easy answer. Yep. Overdrafted, but I don't like easy answers. We like the fun ones. We the do. Difficult ones. Uh, assuming Saquon is the, uh, the 107, <laughs> then I'd have to uh, pick him. I think he's the 105. 105. Jonathan Taylor. He's also the, in my opinion, overdrafted list. Antonio yep, Gibson. Is. I think he might be on the quite overdrafted list. Yeah. His, his hype is out of control. Uh huh. He's got, he's got a lot of hype to him. Uh, Travis Etienne, I think also is in the overdraft list. Notice how I got his name semi right this time. No, no, man. Thank you, thank you. I can tell you've you. been practicing. I, I, I kind of have been, you know, in the in front of the mirror. <laughs> I think Justin Herbert overdrafted in in Superflex. Yes, I, I can get with that. I can get with that. But you know, getting a quarterback is semi important in that. I, I I won't blame anybody for overdrafting a quarterback in Superflex. That's why I think it's such an overdraft is because he's the QB seven, and there are safer options available at that pick like Aaron Rodgers who would you rather Rodgers with Devontae Adams in a scheme he understands coming off an MVP season or Justin Herbert who is behind a questionable offensive line has a new scheme around him really only has Keenan Allen to throw the ball to um and we're we've only seen one season of it I think you know sue me for for going safe early but I would rather Rodgers as my QB1 than Justin Herbert I can get with that also. I, I also put in Rodgers ahead of Justin Herbert, but that's not necessarily a knock on Herbert. Yeah. In fact, oh, hello. Here's one. The QB9, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, okay. Okay. That one I could get with you on that one. No, this, this is that in is one quarterback as well. Yeah. He's going ahead no of way. Joey Burrow, ahead of Tom Brady, ahead of Jalen Hurts, ahead of Ryan Tannehill, ahead of Matthew Stafford. You know, the first first overall QB syndrome, you know, a little overhyped. The Kyle Pitts syndrome, if you will. (laughs) 
yep, I think he is being massively overdrafted. And we're sort of getting to the point where no one's overdrafted once you're in the kind of mid-rounds anyway, because mm-hmm. provided you're not making dumbass picks, you really can't go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't maybe counsel... Or, or, sorry, I should say, being if you're overdrafting the middle rounds, it's either for mid-tier or mid-to-bottom-tier quarterbacks or mid-to-bottom-tier tight ends. And and maybe that's where we can go with this conversation is in these middle rounds, you know, do you want Noah Fant, the tight end seven, or do you want Cortland Sutton or Chase Claypool? I like Chase Claypool in this spot, in this scenario. Yep. Without uh, Debbie does Dallas got it. Nah. Give me Claypool. Yep. Um... Mike Gusecki or Robbie Anderson or Debo Samuel? Debo Samuel. Uh, Gronk or Will Fuller or Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry. Um, Logan, <laughs> Logan Thomas or Rashad Bateman? Oh God. Uh, or Corey Davis. That's you know, a you know, bad bunch. Yeah. Let's see here. You know, th- this one kind of depends on how your earlier draft went. If you already feel pretty solid on the, the wide receiver ones, you might go Logan Thomas. But say, say, say you went ahead and took an elite tight end, then, you know, you, I think you're going to have to go Bateman. <laughs> well, this is, this is the thing. Is you've got Thomas, you've got Tunyon, you've got Irv Smith. A few picks later, you've got Antonio Brown or no. Damien Harris. This is the whole thing that, you know, we've been uh, espousing all offseason is that do you want these mid-tier tight ends or do you want... An elite tight end or a cheap tight end? Yeah, I think you got to go cheap. Yeah, like uh, your I'm team always, your team feels better with a cheap tight end. It feels better, but uh, you know, ha- having a Darren Waller to uh, Travis Kelsey is always pretty nice. True, and this is where you need to understand your league and see what other teams are doing rather than playing fantasy football in a vacuum. Is that if people are taking early tight ends, is you essentially can stream tight end unimpeded? Off the waiver wire. Exactly. Now, I think this is going to be happening with a lot of redraft leagues, especially half point PPR ones, is, is how people are always going to be taking running backs in the early rounds. It doesn't matter if it's a reach. It doesn't matter if there's a better wide receiver ahead. They'll be reaching for running backs. I mean, cause the list is really disgusting. Once you hit the second to third tier, even the second tier, to third tier, like, it's not looking good. Like, J.K. Dobbins in the second tier, uh, I don't like it. David Montgomery in the second tier, I don't really like it either. J- Josh Jacobs, I-, I-, I don't like it. Miles Sanders, I don't like it. You know, I'd rather reach in the first two rounds than having to take wide receivers and then settle for them later on. I'm with you this year. Normally, I'm a an unintentional zero RB guy. I try to draft on you know, perceived value, if you like, or, or best player available and and go one way or the other. But this year, I, not that I'm going to advocate for reaching on a running back. I'm not selling you to draft DeAndre Swift over DK Metcalf, for argument's sake. But I think you've got to, I think you've got to load up at the top of the draft and, and you know, try and nail that early and, and not worry about it later. There'll be guys who can pick up Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, Matt Breida, we've t- uh, talked about, Damian Harris to flesh out that roster, but you don't want to be starting those guys, ideally. No. And you don't want to be banking on them somehow winning the role. You know, that, That's it, what it is. It's banking on them winning the role. Yeah. If you have to bank on a player winning a role to win your fantasy league and to make your fantasy team, you're in trouble. You are in hefty trouble. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Are you, 
let's uh, let's build that out then slightly. Who are you banking on from the deep dark depths? And this is something that's going to lead nicely into next week's conversation on winning a role. Winning a role. Ooh, that's a good question. Giovanni Bernard. I like him yep. winning, uh, winning a significant solid role. Joshua Kelly. I'm interested in him. I'm interested in Carlos Hyde. I'd be more interested in, um, is it jo- not Joshua Jackson, Justin Jackson, uh, Justin. than Joshua Kelly. You know, he, he's still a young RB that got drafted pretty early. I would expect them to try to figure out how they could use him if they want to use him first. Yeah. Before completely getting rid of him. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, we talked about him a little bit beforehand. Like. Uh, T, I mean, another Jets running back, T.Y. Johnson. He's got a lot of hype going on with him as well. Keyshawn Vaughn, also another little nugget in the, uh, Tampa Bay backfield. Any zero chance. Really? Yep. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Savon Ahmed for me might beat out Miles Gaskin. That's definitely potential. Okay. I, I can definitely see him getting some touches, early touches on, not necessarily being a, uh, you know, uh, a potential beat out role. I think he's kind of more of a, I don't want to say handcuff territory, but he, he, he gets enough touches for him to be rosterable, which is not enough to start. Yep, I think if there's an injury, he he steps up into that. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I think, could easily be the number one running back in Houston. Philip uh, Lindsay, which, I think, has the lead role to take that job. But, I mean, I don't know how uh, glamorous that sounds. Oh, absolutely not at all. Um, and the other one I was going to say is is Matt Breeder, who we've talked about. I think he's got mm-hmm. a legitimate chance to uh to get it done and other than that it's uh, fairly slim pickings i mean sony michelle maybe gets that job back off harris but i don't see it happening jarrett patterson guy i love from the washington football team if they're not happy with gibson uh, he's a bit more of a thumper sorry who what was his name i didn't hear that one jarrett patterson jared patterson Ooh. but we will be talking about him next week no doubt yeah i think that the zero rb chat is going to be very interesting so it is Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what else you got for me? Do you have anything else? I think that's it, man. I think, uh, do you think we've covered everything? Tear breaks, tear brace drafting. Is there anything that, uh, that you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Anybody you're going to be reaching for in the RB list? I hate reaching. Um, I just think it's, it's bad business. Um, May I might reach on maybe like a Naheem Hines in the middle rounds, maybe Rojo, but like again, you're not really reaching at that point. Um, no, I'd probably, I'd probably let, I'd probably rather see who slips to me than read. I'm not going to reach on Harris. I'm not going to be reaching on Gibson. Swift is someone who I really believe in, but even then, I'm not going to be drafting him over Justin Jefferson or Calvin Ridley given the opportunity. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to be reaching for Mike Davis. Yep. I thought you might say that. Uh, he Actually, he's be. a guy that, I mean, but we're talking like reaching in the fifth as opposed to the sixth or seventh. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe Kareem Hunt, depending on how the early part of the draft has fallen. That's fair. I could go with that one. Kareem Hunt, that's a good list also. Um, Again, in the earlier rounds, yeah, you mentioned Austin Eckler. I would definitely skip over a pick or two to a, a tier or two in the wide receiver list to take Austin Eckler. I, I, I'll take Austin Eckler over Calvin Ridley 
DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and then of course AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson. I think those are no brainers. You would take Austin Eckler over them. I mean, you and the rest of the fantasy community, he's going ahead of all those guys. Like okay, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's going ahead of Diggs too. He's the Ooh. RB10. The only players going ahead of him that aren't RBs are Adams, Kelsey, and Hill. Okay. So I'll take Austin Eckler over Kelsey. And if I took a running back in the first round, then I might take Tyreek Hill if he's still available. I don't think he will be though. Mm. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. That's a tough one. If it happened to be there, I would take Tyreek Hill over Eckler. But uh, I think uh, I would be doubling up on Arby's in that yeah, scenario. Gimme give Hill, and then I would be chasing the fat stack with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when will you take Patrick Mahomes? Third round, fourth round? Uh, he's currently the 17th overall. You probably can't stack him with Hill unless you over, unless you reach on one of them. Uh-huh. Unless you reach on one or it is a 1QB, four point per passing touchdown. And, uh, the league really values their running backs. In one of my home leagues, uh, I, I did this once where I picked running backs in the first four rounds and then I kind of hoarded a bunch of, uh, handcuffs. So I, I had three startable wide receivers and the rest were just on my team, uh, running backs. And, uh, you know, after a couple injuries and you start having a bunch of running backs that are startable, uh, you, you, you kind of, have this leverage that nobody else in the league has. And then, uh, you know, metas changed throughout the leagues and then it, it became a running back heavy draft. I think last year, Michael Thomas went in the third round for us in that specific league. Yep. And of course, you know, he was averaged his ADP last year was what first late, late first round. Yeah. Yeah. He and was, he, um, I think he, he might have been the wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, I think he was the wide receiver one. He went in the third round last year in our league. So, I mean, of course, leagues change. Leagues vary depending on uh, how they go. But, I mean, uh, it, it, in that league, uh, I think after the second round, the best RB on the board was Carrion Johnson. Wow, that's, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, uh, that- Cam Akers, he went in the fourth round. Pe- people that- are going for handcuffs at that point. That comes, you know, that comes down to understanding your league as well and understanding values. Um, as I said, you can't play fantasy football in a vacuum. You can't mock draft in a vacuum. Uh, you need to know what the rest of your league is doing. Like I, I know my home league, a high price on tight ends. So I don't touch them. Let everyone else. There's a guy that loves them who have probably Kelsey and Waller will be his first two picks and he will just think he's, hit the absolute jackpot. Maybe he'll, if he can get, get Kittle too. But, um, you know, it's not like it's a tight end premium league or anything like that. He just, for some reason, snaps up the tight ends. But again, that means you understand it. And particularly if something like that starts a rush in your league, you don't want to be at the end of a run. You want to be either at the start of it or, or to watch it go by without you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully tier based drafting will help you do that, help you avoid that. And of course, if uh, you still have any questions, you can reach out to us on any type of social media platform. We'll be happy to answer the questions. And of course, later on in the episodes, we are going to be doing a handful of mock drafts with a handful of analysts that we're definitely going to be roasting. We're probably going to have to bring a couple of them on so they can explain their logic, especially when we're questioning theirs. Uh, That's always fun if we can get an answer, break it down, analyze, critique, compliment, insult, roast, anything in between. But other than that, 
Of course, you should be checking out us at Sleeper Wire on Twitter. You should go out and support the Patreon. Links to that, of course, are going to be in the Sleeper Wire bio on Twitter, where you can go and support our charity. Of course, check out all the content creators, including the writers, the phenomenal team of writers that we have, Sheehan. Of course, I'm sure you want to lead the introduction on that one. Yep, we have an awesome team of writers. We're uh, bringing on some some fresh blood uh, this season. Um, I can say if, if you're interested in writing, um, send me a sample. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but you know, we've got an awesome team. We've got a bunch of articles covering training camps, uh, guys to watch in dynasty, guys to watch in redraft. Um, I'm not working on anything at the moment, but that's, uh, that's no reason for you to not support the great work of guys like Aaron Nyhart, who is still breaking down the NFC. Uh, it's absolutely awesome so get on over and support us there but as always you can find me on twitter if you're coming after me it's at she and solo that's s-h-e-a-h-a-n-s-o-l-o you can find me there on twitter so come and have a chat Uh, come and bask in the glory of whatever i've got going on and as nata said check us out at at sleepawire show and where can they find you man of course like I shamelessly plugged myself in in the first couple minutes of the show, you can find me at top tier tactics underscore. Other than that, hey everybody, good luck.